and Spike Cohen. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. Or Spike. I did not come up with anything, Cohen. I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddy waters of freedom. Well, that's okay, because uh, yesterday I was on Mr. America, the Bearded Truth with Jason Lyon, and he referred to me as Spike, we have the Nards Cohen. So I've already been given a name for this week. So I was I was kind of hoping that you'd be able to come up with something even better, but apparently not. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, so, okay, so I, I do have one, but then in the last second, I was like, I can't say that on the air. Thanks so much for tuning into this amazing episode of my of the wow of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. Uh, this is Muddy Waters Media Production. Check us out everywhere. Be sure to share and and all the different uh, everything. Go everywhere. Go on all the different uh, social media platforms. Go on all the different podcasting platforms. We are there. You will find us, including wherever you're finding us right now. Share us, like us. If you can comment, comment. If you can reply to someone else's comment, reply to their comment. If you can like their comment, like their comment, leave a comment, ask them to like your comment, get them to reply to your comment. Get a bunch of comments replying to other comments and liking comments and tweeting. Do all these things. And if it's on YouTube, don't just subscribe. Hit the bell. I want your phone to explode with notifications every single last time we go live. Matt. First and foremost, allow me to thank the wonderful people at Nakamal at home for the kava that I'm drinking today. And allow me to thank Le Bleu for this delicious purified drinking water that has no BPAs, just like me. Ulovanaka. Ulovanaka. <laughs> oh. This is going uh, to be, yes. This is going to be, this is going to be a show. Um, this is going to be just a, so everybody fact, knows, an actual show. But, right. Be, be, before we have to pay the bills, um, for anybody who doesn't know, I am an avid Red Sox fan. Oh. And they played last night at 7 o'clock. And I normally work on notes between 6 o'clock and 10 o'clock. So I did all of the notes in like an hour so I wouldn't miss a second of that game. Uh, so be prepared for some misspellings. One and one in, yeah, some misspellings and some things where it may be a little repetitive because I didn't proof anything. Be ready. We're going to have fun tonight. This episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing caucus in the Libertarian Party and the second largest caucus. Become a member of the movement today by going to the Facebook group Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. And if you'd like to become an official voting member of the caucus, which means literally nothing, be sure to go to the muddywatersmedia.com store uh, by going to muddywatersmedia.com store. And you can get all sorts of really cool uh, stuff from the Muddy Waters Media store, uh, including uh, some Waffle House Caucus gear, a, uh, a shirt, buttons, all sorts of fun stuff. The Gravy King, Cumberland Cannabis Co. If you are looking to have viable, ethical, and effective Delta and CBD products bought in Cumberland County, 
Tennessee, you can go to CumberlandCannabisCo.com and do exactly that. Go there right now. Well, it's not right now. Wait till the show's over. And then after the show's over, Joe Soloski. Go check him out. He's running for governor of Pennsylvania. Joe Soloski is the key to Pennsylvania's success, and he'd like you to help him run to become the first libertarian governor ever. And you can do that by going to joesoloski.com. That's J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I.com. Jack Casey has made these books. And Jason was saying how great they were and what they were about. I was only half paying attention. I'm sure they're fantastic. Certainly, someone named Jack Casey. God, that was funny. Oh, you know what it's about? No, I don't. I don't. It's a coming of age story about... It's a, God, your it's reaction a coming, coming of so age good. tale of adventure and of the awakening of a person with a ring who also has a butterfly knife. And in addition, ah, butterfly knife. <laughs> Get it? It's a it's a knife with a butter. It's a butterfly knife. Huh? It's a pun. Jack Casey. That's put a, a pun. pun. Cover Jack Casey has a pun on the cover of In Silver Throne. Did. That's if you beautiful. go to uh, if you go to royalgreen.com to purchase yeah. these books and in the coupon code you type in muddied waters nothing will happen but Jack nothing will happen he'll know nothing will happen. just you will put get, Spike sent you that'll get you literally nothing except the books for whatever they cost the royalgreen.com get them all today Thomas Queter is running to be the next state senator of the 52nd district in New York. Thomas Queter says, I run better than Albany, which is funny because he's a midget in a wheelchair. He tells me to say these things and I don't like it. I don't like it. (sighs) Thomas Queter is a really good guy, except when he makes me do this stuff. Uh, If you'd like to help him become state senator, Go to tomfor52.com, T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. I, listen, I want this man to become the next state senator. I just feel very uncomfortable advertising him the way that he wants us to. I, it's my favorite part every week just because of how uncomfortable you get. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like this. Anyway, uh, tomfor52.com, T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. And welcome to our... Well, newish sponsor. We finally have a graphic for them. Defy the power and stitches and glitches. They make all sorts of really cool tumblers that for some reason they will let you customize for free, Matt. For free. You can get amazing things added. All sorts of different customizations and add-ons for free because... For free. They are insane. They are crazy. They are like ants, ants in the eyes crazy. Ants in the eyes, crazy, Matt. Uh, a reference. Yes, that is He's a reference. Oh no. Um, but yeah, they uh, yeah, they've got so many. I don't even have that pulled up right now. They've got so many <laughs> things that you could fit so much into these tumblers, and they've got you could fit so layers, much like, customized like, stuff on this bad boy. That's right, Slaps so much customized tumbler, stuff. and they're. Two layers that keep your drinks cold and or hot, depending on which one you want. Yes. And you don't have to program it either. It knows. Mm-hmm. It, knows it knows what you I want. Just, I just took a drink of water out of mine and it is still chilly. It, it is knows still chilly. 
it knew you didn't want that water hot. That's how smart. These are smart tumblers. Um, they smart have, tumbler. they're really high quality. They're not dishwasher safe, but yet I've put it in the dishwasher and it works fine, but whatever. I'm not allowed to say that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but they have over 200 of them. You, we have a sampling of them right here. Um, Yep, they've got a sampling of them right there, and you can uh, go to either defythepower.com or Stitches and Glitches and use the code MUDDYTUMBLER for 10% off of your entire order, except for customizations, because those are free, and there is no such thing as 10% off of free. Yeah, you literally just get it for free. Actually, we give you 100% off custom orders for free. It's free. You don't need us, actually. They're free. I, I just... We don't give you yeah, no no discounts because of us on customizations because they're free because they're literally free which is insane when you see the amount of customization they can do anyway uh they are fantastic they're great it's customized everything That was a reference. I didn't delete it because I didn't see it. That was in reference ah. to something. Oh, yeah, the Nards thing. Okay, all right, good. All right. Yep. Well, speaking of obscure well, I, us talking to each other, this is... Solosky? Yeah, Joe Solosky. Joe Solosky is running for governor okay. of Pennsylvania. That's Joe Solosky is the key yeah. Pennsylvania successor. I, I was re somebody made a comment, and I was reading a news article while you were doing that because I we should talk about it. Jump down today. That brings us to the Mud Water Mushroom Coffee Replacement Cacao Rapid Fire segment brought to you by Mud Water Coffee Alternative. If you woke up today and said, Spike, my God, if I wake up one more time and have to drink coffee, I'm literally going to snap. Well, you've probably already snapped because you're waking up talking to me. But if, there's, if it's not too late, then you can start with Mud Water. It has masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and literally nothing else. How does that taste? Well, you should find out for yourself by going to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud and getting your uh, special kit, starter kit. You get a deal on your starter kit if you go through our link, and we get money, too. So everyone wins here. Everyone wins. Also, you know who wins? Big honey, because you're going to need some honey for that. You're going to want to buy some honey. Because you're going to need honey. You're going to want some you honey. Could also, honey. You don't even need big honey. honey. You could go local honey. Go local, local honey. Local, go local, honey. I'm not telling you. You don't have to get Monsanto honey. You can just get some regular old, regular honey. If you get local honey, it protects you against allergens that are local, and you can actually develop uh, a bit of an immunity to your seasonal allergies. I don't know if that's confirmed, but it works for me, and it yeah, also makes this taste terrible. Muddywatersmedia.com slash mud. Matt? Yes. Uh, to answer somebody's question in the comments, I don't remember who it was. Uh, I had not heard about the Joe Biden and Hunter Biden sharing a bank account uh, while Joe was president uh, until I saw your comment and I was reading an article on it. And if we have time at the end of the show, we may bring it up. Um, but we've got a lot to go through. Got a lot to go through. And who? man if that 
like nothing's gonna happen to joe in that situation i'm just gonna rip that band-aid off right now yeah let's go but, ahead and say that boy if that uh was almost anybody else that would be dangerous oh yeah no it's pretty much joe biden and harvey weinstein you can pretty much think <laughs> about it there it's about the only people there uh james May- mayfield no it does not taste like water so no there's no there's nothing <laughs> no there's no water, no water flavor to that no water no water involved there now speaking of hey matt let's go hey. book a flight <laughs> let's go fly somewhere how'd you like sure. your southwest airlines man i, I am some a miles feeling some south south southwest i got some southwest bonus points stacked up let's go use them let's go fly to Ma- Ma- maui sure <laughs> why not why not um we may have an issue because southwest oh. canceled more than 1800 flights this weekend with more than a thousand or 23 percent of their flights on sunday alone actually i read a couple of different things on that i read that it was 30 percent of their flights i read that it was 23 percent um it was a that, large proportion a of their flights it was a lot of their flights and southwest wanting to get ahead of any salacious rumors that were going to be flying out and crazy conspiracy theories that were going to be reported by people like us or ted cruz um came out and got ahead of it and said no no this is due to the weather yeah Due to the weather, and luckily, because this is 2021, uh, yep. you know that if Southwest is having issues, uh, obviously the other airlines are going to have issues. Yeah, let's do the numbers here. So there was definitely a lot of cancellations uh, over the weekend. Uh, we have 1,800 with Southwest and uh, 63 with American 32 with Spirit, 6 with United, and 3 with Delta. So so Southwest had 1,800 cancellations. Every other domestic airline had about 100. About 100. About 100. And honestly, American with 63, Spirit with 32, United with 6, Delta with 3. Americans should be absolutely ashamed of themselves for losing yes. to spirit for losing to spirit. And they don't even have the excuse that Southwest had of the weather um, or, you know, the sick out or whatever. Uh, they don't have that excuse, but they lost to spirit on canceled flights. Oh, did they lose mm-hmm. to frontier? Well, I don't know if Frontier has air? 63. Does, six, does Frontier have 63 <laughs> flights in a weekend? I don't I don't I I don't know. Um, I don't know. As I, someone I'm who fan flies fan on American almost every weekend. As someone who flies on American almost every weekend, I am not surprised that they beat Spirit. That's just decided you are a premier airline and you lost to spirit well they're a big airline they're well yes yes they are a big airline they have premier 
they have at least a business class. Spirit is just we're just gonna cram you all in here like cattle and you're gonna pay two dollars for your sodas and you want bags, screw you. You don't even get to bring your bags on unless you're giving us three hundred dollars. Um Oh, speaking of American, shout out to Dan Lewis, uh, a friend of ours who actually uh, uh, changed so that he could be one of our flight attendants on our flight back from Chicago today. That was fun, Dan. We had a good time. And also shout out to the, uh, what's that? You just got back today. Yeah. 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 We stayed an extra day so we could go to the zoo and do a couple other things. Um, But also, shout out to our first class uh, flight attendant because Dan was in was in coach or main cabin or whatever, and uh, to our first class attendant who got me a gig- one of the big. Sometimes they don't give me the big bottle of water. Sometimes when I say I want a bottle of water, they say well, I can't give you. It's a big bottle, and I'm like it's okay, and they just give me like a cup. But sometimes they give me like the entire bottle, and she did. Thank you. Now, other reports are coming out that other industries are potentially going to be following suit with uh, the, I mean, we're all in agreement that we know what happened with Southwest this weekend, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, no, there's the, yes, this was a sick like, out I don't to care what the, pilot, the yeah, but I don't care what the pilot's union says, and I don't care what Southwest says, and I don't care what uh, mainstream media news is saying. We all know what this was. Yeah. So now other uh, industries are reporting similar sort of things, um, including Joe Biden's love child, Amtrak. (laughs) (laughs) That really gets him in the gar, whatever they say. That gets him right, right in the old... Right in the old jewels there, because because that's uh that is his Come baby. On. You know how much money I give you? Do you know how much money Amtrak. I put into these bills for you? And Amtrak. I remember that? that time I was on Amtrak, and something that was chronologically impossible happened. But I'm going to say it for 30 years. That story. What was it? He was told he would, he would tell a story about some guy, but it couldn't have happened. Grandfather. Yeah. Wait, the which which I mean, he does that. Often. Yeah, hold on, I'm gonna look um, it up because it was like, and he keeps telling this story. Biden Amtrak story, false. Um, yeah, he keeps reporting. Uh, he keeps saying, he did it most recently, like earlier this year. Um, Angelo Negri, and he he says that he you know sees him all the time, but he's been dead for more than a year or something, and and retired for more than two decades or something like that. Anyway. Anyway. I give you guys all this money. I put it into every bill. Because who doesn't like the open railway system when you can drive faster? No. Um, But Amtrak... fly uh, for the same price. ...are are rumored to say that they're having problems staffing trains through the Northeast. And uh, American Airlines recently announced that they are going to be putting in a vaccine mandate and some pilots have come out saying that they will not comply Mm. um they are saying pilots are saying they're warning that they have similar plans to utilize sick leave in an effort to slow down the company's operation which is 
what happened at Southwest, we were 99% certain, is they, they uh, I think they have until November 28th to get vaccinated. Yeah. And these well, so, have accrued. And the unions are fighting it. The union, their union is um, fighting it and saying that it goes against their contract. Um, and keep in mind, everyone who's watching, there is no federal mandate yet. Joe Biden announced it. But he hasn't filed anything. OSHA hasn't written anything. It was just a press release. So all of these different company-wide mandates you're hearing about in compliance with upcoming OSHA regulations and all of these threatened lawsuits from red states that aren't going to come up, none of that can happen or, or none of the lawsuits can happen uh, because there is no actual mandate. There, there, there isn't one. Like That doesn't exist yet. There's no reason to think he won't make it, but I think he's trying to see how much he can just get businesses and other cities and states to do it themselves um, because he's not doing it or he hasn't yet. He hasn't yet. Yeah. Now, with Southwest, I think that their uh, deadline was November 28th or is November 28th. And so the pilots have accrued all of the sick time that if they don't do it by November, if they don't use it by November 28th, then, well, they just lose it. So if they happen to be coordinating when they are using it, there's no rule saying you can't. Um, so good on, like, good on Southwest. Like, I support Southwest in doing this. I support any company that's going to do this. Like, I know that it put people out and I feel bad for those people. But I'm siding with the pilots and the, uh, the, 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 why am I blanking on the word? Flight attendant, uh, the yeah. flight attendants who are doing this because I am, I am siding with them because they should have the right to choose whether or not they want that vaccine. And I don't know, I could not find how much money Southwest lost this weekend. Oh, it was millions, tens of millions, probably hundreds and possibly hundreds of millions. Probably. It was a lot. A lot and of money. it was probably more than it would cost for them to fight any mandate coming up. And probably much more. Pilots, yeah, especially if they're working yeah. with other companies to to fight it. And this is why I keep saying and I'm going to be in Washington state this coming week to do a couple of of rallies. And what I'm going to be saying is the more people refuse to comply, it doesn't need to be half. It doesn't need to be most. It doesn't even need to be 30%. If a large enough minority, 5 10% of workers just say, no, I'm not going to do it. You'll have to fire me. Or union workers say, no, I, I'm not going to do it. And union, you better fight back and, and fight against this. They can't do it. And what's going to happen is if this becomes a regular thing, they're going to turn around and they're going to buck up against the government and say, don't pass any mandates. We're not going to do it. The ugly truth is that a lot of these bigger companies want a mandate so that they can say, hey, listen, it's not us telling you to do this. It's not the us. government telling you to do this. If, if, the, if the labor is on the record of saying, no, we're not going to do this, that forces them to change their mind on the whole thing and turn to the government and say, we're not doing this and don't make us do this because it's, we're going to lose way more than we'll, than, you know, we're going to lose way more than we can afford to lose. What's up with the Bitcoin trader thing? I'm not sure what you mean. Well, in the comments. 
It was happening on Jason's show, too. Oh, this is fake. Okay, hold on. I'll find it. Uh, let's see. I can't even see it in the in the comments. I can't even see it. Hold on. Congratulations. And investors of 2021 due to your upcoming... Uh, I don't see it in... Like it just hit. Hold on, let me see. Here, let's go on to the next thing, and I'll I'll take a look at okay. it. Because yeah, it's some it's some spam thing. I don't think it's actually coming from Muddy Waters Media. I think it's from like a fake page called Muddy Waters Media. But anyway, if anyone is seeing anything about uh, a Bit Bitcoin Trader and go to this address or anything like that, it's fake. It's a scam. Don't don't go to it. Let me see what it looks like on Muddy Waters. As you so, all were, go go ahead. So yeah, uh, to all of the people out there, who, to all of the people out there who are refusing to go to work and doing sick outs and whatever, you have our support. I, I, even if I was flying on Southwest this weekend, which I wasn't, but even if I uh, had gone on Southwest this weekend, um, and that was the reason I couldn't get home. I would not have minded because I would have stood with the people standing up for their, for their medical freedom and their right to choose as I hope many of you would. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is a Cajun fake page. That, I found it. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. It's a fake page. I found right. it. Cajuns in the comments saying anyone can claim religious slash health exemption without question. That's, somewhat true um from what i have learned and gleaned from different conversations that i've had uh if you are going with a religious exemption there is precedent that they can overturn it and they can say no you do not qualify um there was a case in illinois of some amish people who claimed religious exemption to something and the state made them do it anyway and they did not care um, I don't remember what the case was about, but there was something, uh, there was something with the Amish people in Illinois, uh, that they tried to claim religious exemption on something. And you can honestly look and say, yes, they have a deeply seated religious belief in this and they can just say, no, they can say, no, they've done it. Um, <laughs> That uh, no, Kenny Spike isn't really going to give you Bitcoin. Um, I didn't say that. But um, <laughs> no, that's just the wrong address to give to. I'll, I'll give you the real address <laughs> to get to to get your free Bitcoin. Uh, right. Yeah, I will. All right, I've deleted oh, that comment. Everyone can ignore Kate. that. It's that 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 page is fake. Oh, they did it a couple times, didn't they? Wow, that's right. Yeah, they did it yesterday yeah, they, a lot. Yeah, they've been blocked. They can't uh, do it anymore, and it's a fake page. And I've reported them as a fake page, and so now the thing that you were saying. Cool. Uh, yeah, Cajun was saying I solely meant about Amer Southwest Airlines. Yeah, and that could be yeah. true. But just so everybody knows, there is legal precedent on the book where the state of Illinois forced Amish people to do something that was against their sincerely held religious beliefs. Yeah. So it's there is precedent. 
be careful. You've yeah. got to make sure if you are claiming a, a sincerely held religious belief, you got to be able to back that one up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've got to back it up and you have to be careful. And speaking of being careful, Dave Chappelle released his new special on Netflix and he was very careful, Matt. Yep, he was <laughs> you he, he was very careful with some of the words that he chose. Very, um, very much. So you've watched it, I assume? Oh yeah. Yeah, I watched it. On the flight on the flight home actually. So, okay. Um yeah, so I watched it yesterday. Um I watched it yesterday, uh and um what what first what did you think? I thought it was hilarious. I thought that what I liked about it was I remember watching comedy in the 80s and 90s and like early 2000s. And it was like, you'd hear stuff and be like, wow, I can't believe they said that. And then it would be something that kind of like hit me and was kind of like mildly offensive to me. And I'd be like, oh, but he's, you know, he or she, whoever the comedian is doing it to everyone. So, you know, I got to kind of, you know, that's funny too. And then, like, you leave going, holy crap. And it was funny. It makes you laugh the whole time. But you're also like, man, I can't believe they did that. And I realized that that doesn't exist anymore. Mm -mm. Increasingly, the comedy isn't avant-garde at all because it might offend someone, anyone. And you can't talk about things that are sensitive because it might trigger someone, anyone. And you can't say anything that might... Uh, uh, you know that that might uh, upset this the the narrative or the status quo because you know that kills people. People die when you do that, and it's just it it, it made me realize just how freaking um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, prudish the the so called progressive left is um, uh, or oh. or at least the the woke progressive left are that you can't. And I mean there are things that that. Uh, that he has said and other people have said that I don't find funny and there's humor there are times that people are like well I was just being funny and I'm like I, I didn't find that funny I still think they should be able to say it I just didn't find it funny but here is one of the best comedians alive so the nicknames I give you yeah see that's a perfect although I find those funny um, <laughs> but like you know the the here's one of the, the greatest comedians alive hilarious skit He's making fun of white people. He's making fun of black people. He's making fun of Asian people. He's making fun of Jews, space Jews, space, space Jews, Jews, space Jews. And he's making fun of all these different groups of people and all these different individuals. He makes fun of all these different people and all these different events and all these different things. But he also made fun of trans people. And that's unacceptable. And, and, and to a lesser extent, Kate, that was right and that was like that was the point he was making he yeah. was like you know i'm I, like as, at, at a point he's like i make fun of everybody i make fun of yeah. everybody uh truly the people that i hate are white people like he that's not a direct quote but it's close no he um, said he said i'm he said i'm not uh i'm not uh uh arguing with or i'm not yelling at or giving a hard time to uh, lgbt people i'm giving a hard time to white people 
And if you listen to all of the things he's saying, he's saying, how is it that the yep. baby, the rapper can kill a black guy? He's black, but he can kill a black guy at Walmart. And no one really cared about that. But he said that gay people have AIDS and that's the problem. Like suddenly that's the problem. Even if that is a bad thing that can't be said, why was it that it was, you know, all the things happening to black people were fine, but, you know, hundreds of years of of, of slavery and, and segregation and raci- racism and oppression and everything. And that's still something that, you know, we kind of have to tolerate. But, yeah, you definitely can't make fun of trans people. Like, even make fun of them. Even as you say, he did a whole skit about how, like, he thinks the trans bathroom bills are stupid and that, you know, you should respect people's uh, pronouns if, if they ask. And what he says all that stuff. But then he just says, why is it we can't even make fun of you? We can't even tell jokes about you. Yeah, and I think that most of the people, most of the people who are pissed off about that, about that special didn't watch it. Yeah. They, they, they read like a few articles. They read a few articles on what people were saying about it. And then they just started parroting what those people were saying what those people were saying and they didn't watch it because I feel as though anybody who watched that all the way watched it beginning to end um, nose to nuts um, anybody who watched it all the way they were going to sit there they were going to sit there and say okay I see what he's doing here I see what he's saying He, because he, I will say that he went against transgenders a little harder than he did anybody else in that white people but um he went after white people he went after white people but he um he went after white people uh but like many of them being transgender he went after them harder but i think that was the point because he was like i make fun of everybody anybody who has watched my comedy over the last 33 years which is insane that man started doing it at 15 yep yeah, 15, because he's 48 now. Um, 15, he started doing comedy, and he's like, I've been I've been booed up. You know, like, people have been pissed off at me for a long time, and I've been called transphobic, and people have said that I'm punching down. And I, I'm not punching down. Like, I'm not punching down. And he explains all of it, and it's he does it so well, and he makes it so funny. And people don't care. They're still out there saying that they want to cancel this man. Um, to which, I mean, the man, he does not care. He's like, he went to a, uh, he had a show uh, in LA. Uh, I think it was in LA. He had a show in California and it yep. was packed, sold out. He walked out, standing ovation. And he said, if this is what getting canceled feels like, getting canceled feels great. And then later in that show, he said, fuck Twitter, fuck NBC News, ABC News, all these stupid ass networks. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you. This is real life. Keep in mind, Dave Chappelle is already a multi, multi millionaire many times over. He's probably worth at or close to nine figures. He will be yes. fine. And, and he's getting royalty. He will be fine. 
he has been very, very successful. This is a man who, at the height of his career, walked away from a $50 million contract because he felt like he was being used by white producers to make a specific type of humor that just made fun of black people. And he said, I didn't like where it was going. I didn't like what was being suggested. And I felt like they were just, you know, using uh, fortune and fame uh, to guide me. And so he literally walked away with it and lived, walked away from it and lived in South Africa for what, like a year or two? And then, and then kind of came back and slowly worked. Yeah. And then slowly worked his way back to doing like, you know, hole in the wall comedies show, you know, specials and, you know, going and doing stand up at places and kind of re refiguring out how he wanted to do things. Dave Chappelle will be fine. He is not scared of the uh, what he called the, the pronoun gang. Uh, and, and again, keep in mind. I am uh, very supportive of the LGBTQ community, and I have many friends who are trans, and I use their pronouns, and I refer to them as whatever they want to be referred to as. Uh, I use their, if they're non-binary, if they're trans women, they're trans men, whatever. That's, that, I, and I, there were even a couple things that Dave said that I, I didn't personally agree with. But this, this trend of canceling comedians for making fun of everyone, including... LGBT people is just, this is a problem. And it's a problem because what it leads to is then everyone starts saying, well, then you can't make fun of us either because that's, you know, we don't want, and then you end up having like humorless humor. And now you're seeing on the other end, you're seeing, I I was recently, I got a a email from a fact checking group uh, asking me if I, I posted on the NRA page um, they were talking about fight Joe Biden's gun control. And I commented, I said, uh, you know, I think my the, the, the quote that Joe Biden said that tears me up the most is when he said that we're going to take the guns first and then go through due process later. Why, that gets me to my bones. I'm glad the NRA is out here fighting people that say things like that. They'd certainly never endorse a presidential candidate who said and did that and supported red flag laws and all this stuff. It was obvious I was talking about Donald Trump. It was obvious that I was talking about how big of a hypocrite the NRA is. So now I'm getting fact check emails saying, can you show us where Joe Biden ever said this? And so I wrote back and said, no, because Donald Trump said it, because it's a joke, because that's how jokes work. And I ended each of the emails where I was getting, had multiple fact checkers writing me. And I said, I am troubled and I hope you are as well by the trend of fact checking obvious jokes with the understanding that it will hurt people's algorithm if they're joking or being sarcastic on the internet. What are you doing to humor? Now imagine I'm a I'm a you know out there doing political stuff. Imagine a comedian. What is oh, it yeah. that you're you're not forget, you know, making fun of trans people, making fun of people of color, making fun of immigrants, making fun of Muslim people, whatever you can't even be sarcastic? At what point are we allowed to have humor? And so Dave Chappelle is, he's that unicorn where it does not matter. He's not going to get canceled because Dave Chappelle won't let himself be canceled. If he wants to make a special, he's going to make it. Somebody's going to buy it because everybody's going to watch it. People are going to watch it to get pissed off and people are going to watch it because they find him hilarious. They may not agree with him, but they still find him funny and they can, he tells that story at the end and I don't want to give away the end because that was really powerful. Um, 
but he tells a story at the end about somebody who many would think wouldn't agree with him um and how she found him hilarious um but like dave Chappelle and south park are like the only two and i think and i honestly believe this it is because they are so unapologetically funny like they do not care and they will continue to do it south park uh south park like i fell off of south park for a little while but then when they had the episode where randy goes to china i don't know if you watch south park um where randy goes yeah 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 um where randy goes to china and towley uh started yelling at me goes i don't want you to be i don't want to do business with somebody who does uh business with that communist regime over there in china and you have to promise me that you won't he's like i promise and he's like but you no you need to say say fuck china and this was on comedy central yeah he made like in comedy central had uh edited one of south park's episodes before and this was like they're throwing down the gauntlet they're like no you will not bow to china and you are going to have us say fuck china on the air right Right. and if you don't you will lose us and south park went okay and they let him do it and that was the moment where i was like man trey parker and matt stone have the biggest cojones on the block because they they just made it where Comedy Central will never be able to deal with China. Well, here's the thing, guys. Historically, comedy has often been a very powerful tool to fight against power structures. Because even in, you know, it's interesting, the all of the Shakespearean plays were essentially things that people wanted to say but would be killed or punished for saying it, but because he did it in that way, he did it as a, as the form of a play and never used the, the names of the actual people, but it was obvious who he was referring to the allegories he was referring to. He was able to get away with it. This is a hallowed tradition. If you look at the comedians during the civil rights era, if you look at the comedians during the, uh, you know, post-World War II era, if you look at, at comedians that were making fun of racism back in the 30s and 40s, if you look at comedians that, you know, were making fun of homophobia in the 70s and 80s, if you look at comedians that were, you know, making fun of this, you know, neocon war of terror nonsense in the 90s and 2000s, they're the ones who are saying things that make people go, ha, oh, wow, actually, wow, that's right. And you can, you can yeah. really have... A, a incredible conversation with humor, but you can't do that if you're not allowed to say anything that might offend anyone ever, ever. You just, you can't. And, and no, it might start with this protected class. It's inevitably going to go to everyone because, you know, par- part of what I've been seeing more and more of is, well, if they can't say that about trans people, why can they say that about black people? Okay, good. Well, now you can't say it about black people. Well, if they can't say it about black people, why can they say it about Hispanic people? And again, when I'm saying they, I mean anyone, okay? Not just, you know, a a, uh, a white person can't make fun of black people or Hispanic people. Even black or Hispanic people can't do that because they're, you know, they're, they're, they're being self-hating. 
if you make Jews can't make fun of Jew, you're eventually going to have it where no one can make fun of anyone or anything and can't reference anything that might be sensitive and certainly can't say anything that would offend anyone. And who happens to benefit from that? The people in power, because if you can't say anything uncomfortable, you sure as hell can't butt up against them. So, you know, who's fighting to make sure you can't say anything online? Yes. But you can tell us. Facebook. Facebook, after the whistleblower, the the Francis of it all, um, decided to come out and say that Facebook hasn't done enough to censor hate speech. Facebook is saying they're going to, <clears throat> they are open to having the government put more regulations on them. Surprise, surprise. We have been saying that. Well, I'll let you tell a little bit more before I go off on a rant. So Nick Clegg, I think that's how you say his name. Nick Clegg, Facebook's vice president for global affairs, defended the company's business practices uh, against accusations from a whistleblower uh, that it had put profits ahead of users' well-being. I want to know who those users are that... Like, I was kicked off of Facebook and all I did was post pictures of Sarah and me and the boys. I was kicked off. No explanation. None. Um, he went on to say that the algorithm should be held to account if necessary by regulation so that people can match what our systems say they're supposed to do from what actually happens. Um, and he said that Facebook is also open to changing a 96, 1996 provision of US law that insulates section companies from liability. Yes, yeah, section 230. Uh, from what users posts and is Facebook is open to limiting those protections contingent on them applying the systems and their policies as they're supposed to. He wants We've the government to put these regulations in place. Yeah. That is what he is hoping for. That is what yep. he wants. Yep. So now we know what the purpose of the whistleblower was. Francis book want, got exactly what they wanted. They got their Francis to come out and go, hey, I lost a friend briefly and temporarily because they believe things I didn't agree with. And then they finally decided they didn't either. But it was really terrible for like months. Uh, so the government needs to step in and get involved in social media even more than they already are. And Facebook goes, you're right. We definitely need to do that. This is exactly how cronyism works. Do you know why they want to do this? Because they know the cost of complying with the new regulations will make it functionally impossible for anyone but the top social media companies to do. So there is no going to be, it's MeWe and Parler or uh, uh, TikTok a few years ago or you know any, any new social media co- float. Any of these new social media companies won't be able to operate legally. They won't be able to afford it. It will cost too much. There will be too much liability. They will have too much reporting that has to be done. They'll have to open up their systems to the government. All of these things will have to happen. You will be surveilled upon even further than you currently are. Your rights will not be protected. Hate speech will still flourish just in a more cryptic way. And ultimately, 
you're not going to have any alternative because Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and probably TikTok because it's already established at this point, Instagram and all the main players are essentially going to become utilities. They're going to be controlled by the government. These multi-billionaires who run them are still going to profit big from running them and you will be paying for your own subjugation yet again. So I came up with a uh, brilliant evil couples costume for Halloween for anybody out there that celebrates Halloween. It's a couples costume. So it's a big, big key, but uh, one of you dresses up as Zuckerberg. The other one dresses up as Francis and you act like you're angry at each other all night, but then you go home and get in bed together. Yes. I pitched that to Sarah. She said no. Yeah. That's, I actually said no as you were saying <laughs> it, but it, it didn't seem like my place to say. Uh, incidentally, John Morrissey of <laughs> Defy the Power, here's Defy the Power, said that Facebook just rejected an ad for uh, uh, oh, a Tumblr saying that the gold porcupine encourages the buying and selling of animals. I think I think I, I think it's on that ad. I'm not sure if it is or not, but I think I put that one on the ad, and then Facebook got rid of it. Oh, I didn't. Nope. Um, but there is well, there good, is because I wouldn't want anyone to think we're encouraging the buying or selling of animals. There is a mom on there, so it might think that we're selling moms. It's just so stupid. And that's the other problem with this, <laughs> because there are billions of people kids. on social media. All of this enforcement's being done by robots, guys. Like the government sets is going to now set the policies, and the robots are going to take over and, and decide how it works. Which means it's going to be done terribly, and all all this is ensures that it's going to be gamed the same racists and white nationalists and freaking anti semites and whatever else hate criminals, hate group people that are out there are going to still say all the stuff they're saying. They're just going to say it in ever coded, ever increasingly coded and cryptic ways. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing anyone can do about it. And all, and it's what's going to happen is you're going to put something out and it's going to have the word jewel in it. And they're going to think you're talking about Jews and you're going to get a 30 day ban for it. Cause God knows what, I mean, who knows what Matt, I mean, Matt put up pictures of kids and his, his uh, uh, account was permaban. Why? Because some robot thought it was the right thing to do. It's nonsense. Meg Jones uh, just commented, oh crap, where did it go? I have a friend who does an MLM. She was banned from Facebook for posting necklaces because they thought she was selling the models. Yep. Yeah. It, that sounds about right. What Facebook is attempting to do, What 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 Facebook is going to do um they are going to give all of the control to the government you the people are going to have to tow a very fine line this show will be so gone um from facebook uh but you will have you will have to tow a very fine line just to stay on social media you know unless you have like that blue check But the rest of us, the rest of us normie people will <laughs> have to tell a very fine line 
uh, on what we can say on social media. Uh, and there's going to be much more of the zuckenings happening. You're just going to wake up one day and it's gone. And let me tell you, that is not a good day. No, it's not a good day. And I, I it's Speaking absolutely ridiculous. No, it's, it's not a good day. It's going to be terrible. And there's not going to be an alternative. So it's not even, okay, well, we can make our own one. Unless you go and move to another country, which, uh, you know, there, uh, countries around the world are, are doing more of this. This is another example of where there's going to have to be non-compliance, guys. Like, it, it, there is a point where it has to be non-compliance. Because if they control all the mechanisms, it's going to take people just not obeying. And that means companies not obeying. That means decentralized uh, social media, which is coming. Blockchain social media is coming. And, uh, and there's not going to be much they're going to be able to do about it. Um, uh, there's all sorts of things that need to happen here. Uh, if even uh, I was reading a thing about the, the uh, Swedish Pirate Party, and one thing that their, uh, one of their former founders is pushing for is for like, if even a quarter of uh, the people that were on the internet were using Tor nodes and VPNs uh, to, uh, on their browsers when they browse the internet, it would make spying effectively impossible. There'd be no way to do it. Um, and, uh, you know, we need to have more of that. We need to have more VPNs. We need to have more Tor nodes. We need to have more people that are just defying and saying, no, I'm not going to do it. And, you know, good luck finding yeah. me. Um, you know, and we're going to need that on all fronts. Uh, one of the events I'm going to be doing uh, on Sunday in Spokane, we're going to be, de- there. there's going to be people doing a 3D printing lessons uh, uh, for, you know, whatever you'd want to 3D print. <laughs> Yeah, anything you could i mean you could 3d print anything whatever you want whatever you want like literally anything you could you really, just, whatever, whatever you want just think of a thing you might want you could 3d print it uh how do we do anything. vpn etc that <laughs> um well we're gonna try to get a vpn as a sponsor i think um yeah. just because everybody else has a one. vpn as a sponsor I think we just have to ask, honestly. If we're like, yeah, we want VPN to do it, give us a coupon code, they would just give it to us. Um, so. Well, so speaking of uh, VPNs, we have a very personal injury attorney. Mm-hmm. And the N is for anchor. Anchor, anchor. Now we're doing the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment, where you can go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters and leave your messages for us, which we will play here right now every week at the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. Now, I know what you're thinking. There couldn't possibly be anything else I can do on anchor. Well, folks, actually, yes. You can go to anchor.fm slash muddywaters slash subscribe and become a member. Become a mudsketeer in the muddied militia and you get access to all sorts of fun stuff. Exclusive Muddy Waters content, ad-free podcasts on anchor.fm and soon, coming next month and every month after that, 
the muddied Zoom, where you go into a Zoom call with me and Matt and Jason and Cajun and Eskimo and maybe Sean and Ashley and gosh knows who else we'll have on by then. Maybe we'll have some special guests, huh? Sure we will. We'll have special guests and we'll have it on a Zoom call. You can tune in. It'll be very exclusive only to members, uh, subscribers. uh, and, uh, And also we will stream it live so everyone can be jealous and watch how cool you are. And they, by default, in contrast, are not. Anchor.fm slash muddywaters slash subscribe. Now, you can still leave a message for us at anchor.fm slash muddywaters, even if you didn't uh, subscribe. But we will love you more if you do subscribe. Matt? So our first call today is from one Jacob LaBelle. Jacob LaBelle. Uh, Spike and Matt, I... uh... I extremely apologize for what I'm about to do. Hopefully, neither of you will understand most of what I'm about to say. Hey there, Midwest guy. Uh, Jacob LaBelle here. You know, the uh, the real upper Midwest guy. Hey, uh, so... I heard that you were calling me uh, not being very Minnesota nice. So, uh, you know, I'm just calling you out. I'm gonna, gonna call you, gonna call you out and uh, challenge you to a, a nice off. Yep, yep, a good old Minnesota nice off. Is that so? Is that uh, you know, I did actually say this. The Midwest guy says cringe in the comments. So anyway, Midwest guy, uh, I'm sure you understand the rules of a good nice off. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for calling you out even. It's horrible. <laughs> it's, it's pretty embarrassing. Oop. But uh, so here's the thing, Midwest guy. I'm real nice. I'm super nice. I'm so nice. I'm like uh, cargo shorts in January. I'm so nice. I'm like a good thing. Uh, you know, uh, wild rice hot dish in uh, on a on a snowy April morning. <laughs> We got two. I think we have two more from Jacob. Okay. In fact, you know, you know how it is. Uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually so nice. I'd probably, even though you prefer, probably, you probably, probably do prefer, and reasonably so, do prefer, uh, you know, some new Glarus uh, uh, spotted cow beers. Which is perfectly fine. I love uh, I love Wisconsin. I love uh, I love fishing up on the uh, up on the chip up there in um, uh, Hayward. You know, going for wallies and muskies. But uh, I gotta call you out. I gotta call you out, Midwest guy. I definitely have to call you out. And uh, well, here's the thing, bud. You know what I mean. And it's a big oofta. But 
the fact is, the fact is, Midwest guy, even though you're a Scotty, and there's nothing wrong with being a Scotty, I, uh, I always put, I, the only cheese curds I'd ever put on my poutine would be uh, from down there in Ellsworth. Because they're delicious and they're they're wonderful. Uh, the fact is, bud, I'd show up at your door with a tater tot hot dish and a four pack of uh, some surly. Oh, we have one more from Jacob Lavelle in this nice off with Midwestern. And one more thing, bud. You know, it's a big oofta, but. I'm so nice. Like, I'm so, so nice. You know, I'd even give you Auntie Debbie's last slice of uh, yellow bread. You know? You know, with the, the nice swimming cinnamon swirl. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. What? That's super nice. That's very nice. That was very nice. Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> you called him a Scotty. It, nice. it just sounds like an insult or an awkward sex position. Well, it's nice. <laughs> so here's our next one from T. Marie. Good evening, Guy on Left and Spike Cohen. This is Patricia Marie calling. Um, I made a pretty awesome meme the other day, and I'm hoping that Spike was not offended. I do apologize if you were. Um, Spike's nipple was not hurt when I made that meme. It's actually not even Spike's real nipple. Um, But how much would it take to get Spike to tattoo a jail cell nipple? Like, that would be pretty freaking awesome fundraiser for somebody so spike if you ever want to tattoo your nipple um just let us fans know how much it would actually cost thanks everyone for listening and good night no (laughs) no we uh so this has been established by my wife which means it's been established. Uh, there is no more nipple. There's no more nipples. Uh, no more. I don't have nipples anymore for all intents and purposes. I'm denippled. It's true. I've There's no it. more. It's just, it's flat. It's just flat. Um, He's like a Kendall. I am. So. In the nipple if you area. needed. If yeah, I just there's not there's yeah, it's just like a Ken. I mean, there's an area there. I do have a peck, but it's a nipless peck. It's a it's a peck. It's a it's a peck, but without a nipple. It's a it's a beak. You can't get tattoos anyway, can you? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um. So yeah. Uh, no, yes, I would like have been being a circum- person It's that... like being it's like it's like being circumcised, right? But on my nipple, I would have been a better person to ask, and I still would have said no to that. <laughs> yeah, 
And so now I'm a little terrified because Matt Hicks yeah. snuck three in on me today. Uh, three of them. Three of them. So we are very, very. Real breaking news. Our next fundraiser, um, Matt has to watch 10 minutes of Titanic for every $20 donated. No. For every $50 donated, I will watch 10 minutes of Titanic. There is a there is a big there is a uh, cryptocurrency that's based on I believe the Dogecoin uh, blockchain called um, Spiky Nips. So here's Matt Hicks. <laughs> yes. Hello there, Matt and Spike. This is Matt Hicks calling in on the personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, Edgar Cullen moment. See ya. Um. I don't really have any like news or anything I want to talk about today. Uh, law school's got me super busy, and I'm tired all the time. Yeah, don't really have any time to do what I want to do anymore. That kind of sucks. I miss you guys. I miss being able to listen to your show whenever I want. Um, that's kind of sad for me because I have to read all the time because law is stupid, stupid. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's really all I got. Um, yeah. So, yeah, hashtag Laser Legend. Well, it's good to hear from Matt Hicks again. But there's two more. Yeah, there are two more. You found the Laser Legend one quick. Yeah. Hey, guys. It's Matt Hicks again, calling in on the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney of Lawmaker, call in moment, GM. Uh, just to clarify for your viewers, um, law school is not really stupid. What makes it stupid for me is that I have about like an hour and a half commute each way every day. That's stupid. Like I leave my house before the sun comes up and I'm just now leaving school and on my way home. Like I'm literally gone for like 12 hours a day. And that's some bullshit, man. Like, I hate it. And then I get road rage. Like, there's this whole series of problems associated with it. But anyway, then I get home and I got to do a bunch of reading. So I'm stopping to get a bunch of beer. And I'm going to get drunk and read. Yeah. Hashtag Lisa Legend. Last one from Matt Hicks. Hey, guys. It's Matt Hicks again. Calling in on the... Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney of law, anchor call in moment, GM. Uh, just to clarify for your viewers, um, law school is not really stupid. No, that's what the same makes one. it stupid. That's the same one, right? Yes. Okay. All right. We have one more. I don't believe this is who it says it is, so we're, uh, we're going to find out together. Hey, Matt and Spike, it is your favorite personal injury. Attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney of law anchor, calling moment caller, calling the Cajun Libertarian with the fastest growing podcast within the libertarian community. I have a clip to play for you from Dr. Anthony Fauci about Merriam-Webster's dictionary changing the definition of what an anti-vaxxer means. I like your analysis and whether or not there will be any and if so, what sort of ramifications that will come from this? So give me one second while I pull up that clip, please. 
Okay. I fully support the redefining of the term anti-vaxxer to fit the narrative that even if you've been vaccinated, double vaccinated, double mass and boosted, that if you oppose government mandates, you are in fact an anti-vaxxer. That was Cajun, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Did Fauci actually say no. that? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Um, actually, that was not a bad Fauci, Cajun. That was a good Fauci. That was a good Fauci. That was actually a that pretty a good, good Fauci. That was a solid um, Fauci there. Cajun. Yeah. Yeah, Cajun saying no, he didn't say that. Um, okay, good. Yeah, fact check. Fauci <laughs> never said that, Cajun. I'm calling. I'm calling leadstories.org. These, by the way, some of these fact checking websites, it's like Facebook's. Um, they're like vetting people. They're like, all right, is your website at least sixty five percent ads? Do you have clickbaity titles? And a really like obscure, uh, uh, obscure uh, web address that has dashes in it and a dot net address. Okay, great. Then we'll, we'll you're hired. Like I mean, it's it, it it makes Snopes look like you know, like you know, Encyclopedia Britannica. It's the it's the most absurd. Some of these websites could not. I, I got fact checked by lead stories dot net. It's just. <laughs> Do you remember it when, looks do you remember when we came up with the idea for uh we were gonna make the satire site the daily boomer yes yes man that's what these we sites could... sound like yeah these sites look like how we expected that how we envisioned the daily boomer to look they couldn't be more clickbaity if they tried they look like the websites that when you know when you look and you see like you know never eat potatoes again uh and and you find out why and it looks and there's like a photo of what looks like uh someone's hand but there's like a bunch of holes in it or something like that and you're like okay fine they got me and you click on it because you got to see and you never see that photo again it had nothing to do with it and it's like yes there's a new oh you should be eating completely different than you are now scientists have known for thousands of years blah 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 and for the low price of 29.95 a month you too can find out blah, blah blah and it turns out it's like some stupid you know diet whatever um that's what these websites look like like they couldn't look more fake and phony and yet facebook is having them decide what's true on the entire internet not just facebook but right. instagram and youtube and twitter and all them right farcical we miss the bus with daily boomer we that could have been, been fact checking dailyboomer.org could have been fact checking everyone everyone just constantly fact checking everything nope that's just not true no that's not true because they're putting the aids virus inside the vaccine um covades um so folks that was another amazing segment of the personal injury attorney chris reynolds attorney at law anchor call-in moment brought to you by personal injury attorney chris reynolds attorney at law if you want to sue people in florida go to chrisreynoldslaw.com and he will sue them so good you'll have so much money you're walking around just fisting money money fists making fists out of money
That was Hashtag the money most, pit. That that was the weirdest personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor calling moment that we've had since we had to say, please guys, ask us questions. Um, don't just leave random comments to other listeners. Um, but I appreciated the nice off between Midwest guy and... Well, so far, it's only one way. It's only been a unilateral nice off. We haven't seen if the nice off right. is going to happen the other way. But you know so, who doesn't do <clears throat> nice offs? And that's the People's Republic of China, Matt. That's right. The People's Republic of China does not do nice offs. Or fact checking. Because um, they just well, censor I mean, everything. I was going to say, they just send you to jail. They do fact check it, but then they put you in jail too. Um, so last Thursday, China's, the People's Liberation Army Air Force. Weird name for that, for multiple reasons. Um, China's, the People's Liberation Army Air Force. Uh, displayed a show of force flying nearly a hundred fighter aircraft and nuclear capable bombers into the air defense identification zone over Taiwan. Now, oh, like this is going, you've probably heard about this a little bit already, but we're going to go into it a little bit deeper here and what it means and what this could all possibly mean. Um, But right now, Beijing is reminding Washington and Taipei uh, that it has a formidable army capable of challenging uh, any commitment that they have for peace over in Asia. Right. Um, Taiwan's Minister of Defense has stated that China would have the ability to invade Taiwan by 2025. One year after Biden leaves. I found that weird. Um, I feel like you'd be able to do better before. Um, Now, the reason that this is happening is probably because of three things. China was signaling, uh, signaling this, was signaling by this display that Taiwan would eventually return, uh, would return to China, even if it's going to be by force. They were basically saying, we still own you because we're going to fly our jets over here. They did not care. They said, we're just going to do it. There's no option. Um, <clears throat> second, Taiwan has applied for membership to the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, or the CPTPP. Uh, this was basically Taiwan uh threatening to uh it was a threat to beijing's opposition since it sought since it had sought membership right right because if they were allowed in they would be recognized as a sovereign nation away from china which in many places they aren't um and third the number and increase in flybys was probably a reaction to the uh aukus or the AUKUS. Um, with the reaction to the nuclear submarine deal, demonstrating that China has a Taiwan card to play. Yep. Interesting thing there. The U.S. actually messed up their relationship with France 
in France having yeah in in uh, giving uh, submarines to Australia, which potentially threatens the U.S. Uh, hegemonic relationship in uh, or dominant relationship in Central Europe in order to affect their their relationships in the Pacific area, Pacific theater, which it's almost as though maybe we shouldn't engage in entangling alliances. If only a bunch of people who founded this country said that hundreds of years ago. It's like that meme. George Washington, did you hear what's going on in the Middle East? Yeah. Who the shit cares about what's happening in the Middle East? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so China's uh, doing all these threats of intimidation over Taiwan. And we're going to hear a lot of different things on a lot of different sides on what this could possibly mean. Um, but the one that everybody seems to be going with is that China is trying to expand their reach. If they can regain control of Taiwan by 2025, that is a very uh, strategic spot in the Pacific for them to hold. If they could have their bases there, they would have places to fill up. They would they would be good on a lot of different aspects. Um, but why would China be concerned about expanding their reach? One of the reasons is their economic growth, which has been monumental, has been monumental, is beginning to stall. And you can blame COVID on it. You can blame other things on it, but it's beginning to stall. And that has them uh, getting worried. That has them getting worried. On top of that, their population, a lot of people are aging themselves out. And they aren't getting a lot of new people being born for some reason or another. Yeah, for just, it's like, and, who knows why? I don't know why, but for some reason, less people are born in China now than used to be. Don't know, but because of that, soon they aren't going to have enough young people to take care of the elder people once they have retired. Yeah. Um, so that means they're needing to garner more workers to help support for growing number of retirees. They know that demographic expansion is the best chances they have of breaking away from the middle income trap which I did not know what that was until yeah. I was research on this. Um, so the middle income trap is, and I'm going to read this, a theory of economic development in which wages in a country rise to the point that growth potential in export-driven low-skill manufacturing is exhausted before it in, attains the innovative capability needed to boost productivity and compete with developed countries in higher value chain industries. So this, essentially, because China is where everything is made, because that's where all the factories are. That's where, you know, you, that's where your Nikes come from. That's where your iPhones right. come from. That's where yep. everything comes from. Most things, a, a large number, a, 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 roughly half of things are made in China. Right. That one they country. are now stuck. What's that? I said one country. Half, nearly half of oh. all the things on earth are being made in one country. Right. So now they're going to, people are getting, they're worried that they might get stuck where everybody has these, uh, these factory jobs and they know how to do, 
put their pieces together on the factory, but that's it. Like they're never going to be able to grow past that. And this is where they are going to get stuck and they will never be able to fully reach what maximum potential they feel that they have. Um, that's why a big, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Which is why they're focusing so, which is why China is focusing so much on rails. They know that if they can make ease of transportation of goods and services better, and this is where the 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 Uyghur issue Uyghurs happen. come in. Yeah, right. That's where the Uyghurs come in, and everybody was calling it a Uyghur genocide. And then uh, it's not. I'm not even 100 percent clear on how all of that ended. But yeah, it's, it's not. It's to... not a. Gen, it's not a genocide. They are oppressing Uyghur people, but it has been. Uh, the neocons blew it out of proportion while simultaneously the Chinese government tried to whitewash it. So it's somewhere in between the Chinese saying, oh, we're just punishing terrorists and the Americans, uh, American media saying, oh, no, it's, you know, it's a genocide of all the all the Uyghur people. It's it's not. But they, they are oppressing them. And they are doing it to try to force uh, economic expansion and, and uh, social and, and ethnic dominance in that region. The interesting thing here is that if their concern is about maintaining uh upward economic mobility i'm not sure how i mean i guess in theory sure but taking over the uh you know country and economy of a of a country who has a higher per capita income than than uh, china does uh doesn't seem like it would do that it makes more sense what they're doing to expand their belt and, and rail initiative uh you know into poorer countries and establish their economic dominance there um i I'm not 100 percent sure so, how okay, that so feeds is, into, yeah. So this because it's more of a strategic place, it yeah. helps them build toward possible expansion to other areas in the Pacific. That makes sense. The 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 strategic yeah. standpoint. I was talking about specifically the middle income trap, um, how oh. that would fit into that. But no, in, in terms of strategy, it's obvious. It's a strategically important area. Oh. It's also ethnically Chinese. Like Taiwan are Chinese people. Uh, they And many of whom fled the mainland during the, the, the revolution and against uh, Chiang Kai-shek. Um, so, but they also have the right to determine if they want to be a part of the Chinese mainland government or not. And they don't overwhelmingly. Right. Well, if China decides that they will, who's going to back them up? Right. That's that's where now the so the middle income trap well we're we're we'll have to get back to that because this next part kind of matters for that. So there's been a number of treaties going on in the Pacific right now. The CPTPP uh is one of the ones that we talked about that Taiwan applied for. Uh others are the AUKUS, the AUKUS um security partnership, the Five Eyes Intelligence Consortium the five powers defense arrangements and the quad quad plus um, the quad quad plus the India, Japan, U S trilateral trilateral dialogue um, and associated Malabar naval exercises and the India, uh, the India, Australia, Indonesia trilateral and bilateral defense arrangements, such as those between the U S and Japan, the U S and South Korea and the U S and the Philippines. A lot of treaties are happening, economic 
and uh, militarily between countries in Asia that don't include China. So China is seeing it as, okay, everybody's making these treaties. They're seeing all of this happening. They've got defense treaties with different countries, mainly the US. Uh, you've got the US making deals with Australia and uh, the UK. Um, you've got the India, Japan, US dialogue. You've got the Quad Quad Plus. You've got the five powers defense arrangements. They're like, they see that everybody is making these treaties around them, yet yeah. that is going to, and they, they feel that it's going to hinder their growth and help the economies in these other nations. Yeah. So Taiwan is a strategic landing place spot for militaries in the Pacific. And it would be from there that they would be able to launch other attacks if they deemed further expansion was necessary especially as competitor countries are growing economically. That way they would be able to sit there and go, okay, we're here. We can easily get to Australia. Not saying that China is going after Australia, but they could easily get right. to Australia or they could easily get to uh, different countries around that area um, from a central hub. Well, and it also means that those countries are less able to use Taiwan as a central hub against them. So it's both defensive and offensive. Right. Now, if you think of Germany before 1914, they saw Russia was expanding economically, building railways, um, building railways and other infrastructure necessary uh, for quick mobilization of war. Germany was afraid their sovereignty would be threatened by Russia. They thought, okay, we're going to if we don't do something, Russia has already said that they want Germany because it's the central part of Europe. Russia was going to attempt a takeover. Germany knew this and knew the only way to defeat Russia was to catch them before they were ready and aim for expansion. Right. So they saw that Russia was expanding. Um, that's why they ended up going head first trying to take over Europe. If they had all of Europe as theirs, they would have a much harder time. Russia would have a much harder time defeating that army. Um, they had to act fast and declare war before Russia did, because if Russia did and was ready, they would have just taken Germany, which they ended up getting half of it 30 years right. later. Um, right. right. The growing relative power of Beijing's adversaries means that if they, if it has every incentive to invade Taiwan as soon as it has the means to, even if it's if its success is far from, from certain, rather than wait, uh, even if success is far from certain for China, it makes more sense for them to do this sooner rather than wait for these treaties to go stronger, for their economy to start tanking. For them to get stuck in this range of middle income right. where they can't raise enough funds in order to keep a well-funded military, it makes sense to rush into this for them. Uh, it makes sense for them to rush into this in order to show their force and try to ensure that their economy doesn't tank and that these treaties don't gain strength. So for anyone who was worried that China was going to overtake the U.S. 
because they're so much smarter and their economic system is so much better than ours. First of all, that means you're a communist because China's system is some mix between communism, communism and fascism. It's like sort of like the, uh, oh, what were they called? Knots Bowls. So they were national Bolsheviks. Um, so they're somewhere in there in, in this, some quasi-fascist, quasi-socialist command economy system. I, I, inter- I enjoyed uh, watching Scott Horton at Freedom Fest, um, and it's not the first time he's done it, but I, I got to see him in person. He's debating Ayan Hirsi Ali, and she's explaining how the U.S. needs to continue with neocon foreign policy to deal against the threat of China. And Scott Horton said, who here, raise your hands, thinks that Chinese communism or whatever system they have is better than ours, is, is the best economic system? No one would raise their hand. He said, who here thinks that that way of organizing a structure or, or a government or a system is going to lead to the most economic growth? No one raised their hands. He said, then what the hell are we talking about? He said their economy is already starting to slow. And at this time, people were booing and saying, no, it's not. It's growing. Yeah, it was. It's already it's been slowing for years. It's it's been slowing. Yeah, their economy is slowing. Their birth rates are slowing. They are aging uh, uh, very quickly, uh, even faster than the U.S. is now. Um, They are increasingly scaring all of their neighbors. Uh, No one wants to enter. He's saying all this stuff. No one wants to enter into military partnerships with them because they're like this, this, you know, uh, empire in waiting. Um, They are, uh, you know, they're they're running up massive amounts of debt. Uh, There are entire cities that they've built that are just sitting there. They end up demolishing them because they're in the way of of roads they want to build. They built all these cities. No one showed up. Uh, It is a a total command economy that that is on the precipice of completely falling apart. Uh, And at some point... If they're stupid enough to follow the U.S. government's lead in trying to create their own empire, they will build up even more debt than the $29 trillion we, we've done in very short order uh, because they're doing it rapidly. Uh, their, their trajectory would be similar to, to that of Nazi Germany, with the exception being that they don't have uh, any of these structures in place outside of China to be able to do any of that. Uh, and, and that they're not surrounded by weakened countries. They're surrounded by countries that are fairly well armed uh, against something like that. And it's now the nuclear era. So the era of we can just expand into the world doesn't exist anymore. If someone tried to invade uh, South Korea, they could use nukes. If someone tried to invade Australia, they could use nukes. If someone tried to invade, invade many of these countries, North Korea for that matter, uh, or India or Pakistan, they could just use nukes and start Stop it from happening. So what are we worried about here? If China is stupid enough to start expanding or threatening to expand like this in order to offset their economic uh, destruction that's happening slowly, instead of looking at the fact that their centrally planned economy sucks and do, and do what they started doing in the, in the 80s and 90s, which is deregulate, continue deregulating. If the Chinese economy deregulated, it would explode if the Chinese deregulated. I talk about all the time how if we deregulated, jobs would come back, new jobs would grow. We wouldn't have to worry about China because their their system would fall apart because they'd no longer get all these jobs that that aren't you know economically feasible or to, to be done here. They, those jobs would come back here, or better ones would grow here, and those ones would would you know wither on the vine there. But let's look at it from China's standpoint. What if they deregulated? 
What if instead of engaging in the same neocon nonsense that every major country does when they reach that point of deciding what the next step is, what if instead they said, nope, we're not going to do it. We're not going to invade anyone. We're not going to attack anyone. We're just going to deregulate the economy. We're going to deregulate and just keep deregulating. We're going to keep, we're going to dismantle all of our national champions we've created and let the economy grow uh, in, a, in a grassroots organic way. China would have an economic expansion that would dwarf the entire rest of the world. And it wouldn't matter. China, China's uh, 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 military wouldn't matter. You couldn't do business without China. They, their economy would so quickly overtake that of every other country on earth just by their sheer size and, and industry um, and, and industriousness that they have right now before they start aging that they'd completely overtake anything. But instead, it looks like they're going to engage in this stupid crap. Does anyone think that China's different in terms of what will happen if they try to invade a developed country who doesn't want them? Does anyone think that the, that the, the, uh, the occupation of Taiwan would go markedly differently than the U.S. occupation of Afghanistan or Iraq? or the Russian occupation of Afghanistan, or the Japanese occupation of China, or the, or the U.S. occupation of Vietnam, or, or the Israeli occupation of the Palestinian territory. Like does anyone think that it would somehow go differently than that? No. No, hmm. in fact, Taiwan is a wealthy country that has many connections, who have many outside countries who would be more than happy to turn Taiwan into China's Vietnam forever, if they want to do this, this just ensures that they're going to go the way of every other attempted empire and fall apart. Um, now, will this also hurt Thai, the people of Taiwan? Absolutely. Will this yes. hurt U.S. dominance in that region? Very prop, very possibly. That might be the only silver lining to any of this. But will it will it lead to China being the global empire and Chinese people taking over? And we're all going to have to speak man. No. No, it never does. Empires always fall apart. And in the nuclear age, they fall apart quickly because you can't, you're not, an empire that tries to actually expand as in you are now part of our country, those fall apart quickly because you can just nuke them if they try that. So this is what happens. Hopefully they, they you know, wise up to not falling into the, you know, it's sort of that whole, if, if everyone else jumped off a, off a bridge, would you join them? It looks off like they're bridge. joining us. So I guess they're joining us yeah, off the bridge. And, and I want to make it very clear. Like, I don't think the U.S. should intervene in any way, no. shape, or form here. Um, before anybody's going, oh, Matt wants us to, I, I don't. No, I'm gosh. just saying, yeah, this is where, with what China is doing, this is what they are thinking. This is what they are concerned about. Because like Spike said, like I said, they've already started, they're on the decline their economic, uh, their their economy is already starting to go on the decline. They know that they need to do something to increase it. And because everybody doesn't want to do business with China, they don't want to be in treaties with China, they're staying away from them. They see that they are going to be losing their power. The only way that they are going to be able to keep their power is to attempt something like this. Exactly. And they, and like Spike said, uh, they won't be able to keep it for long. They're not going to keep it for long. They're never going to actually really keep it. 
and it, all it's going to do uh, is hasten their demise. Like their countries all like so. This was a similar thing that happened when when not when Nazi Germany was on the on the rise for a, for a couple decades actually, and everyone's like, look at Nazi Germany, they're taking over. Wow, they're no, they were a much smaller country compared to um china but they were a big country and you heard rumors of things yeah. happening and you know the people in power knew that the holocaust was straight up happening but you know the media said oh they're in work camps i don't really know whatever, whatever. and i want to say i don't think what's happening with the uyghurs is anything like that but um the uh the country by all appearances was doing incredibly well and they had the biggest military on earth and they were the greatest economy on earth but behind the scenes the economy was slowly falling apart because it was a command economy and it wasn't going well. And eventually they had to start invading other countries because they were running out of resources. They were running out of money. They were running out of labor. They were running out of ways to, to, to keep pushing forward. And as they did that, their economics fell apart. This is the part that isn't talked about a lot. Nazi Germany and the, the, the Axis powers, but especially Nazi Germany, and, and I guess Nazi Germany and um, fascist Italy, their economies were falling apart as they were expanding. The only hope that they had was to completely annihilate any other, uh, you know, to annihilate any other major power on the planet, including the U.S. And they knew that at that point, which is why they went for the Hail Mary and went to just take over the world, because what else were they going to do? If they if they if they fell apart economically, if they could no longer pay their workers, if they could no longer pay their their soldiers, then you know the, the war effort ended de facto. Um, this is what happens when people try to create an empire as their economy is falling apart. This is what this is what happened to the to uh, Alexander the Great even before he he died of malaria. His his empire was already beginning to crumble. Uh, it's what happened to. The, the Mongol Empire, it's what happened to the Islamic Empire, it's what happened to the, uh, or the various Islamic caliphates and empires. It's what happened to the Malta, to the Holy Roman Empire, to the Roman Empire before that. Uh, it's what happened to the, uh, the, the various Egyptian empires. Uh, it's what's happening to the U.S. Empire. The U.S. Empire has found an interesting way of forcing everyone to hold their reserve notes, which is kind of keeping everything on this, this house of cards afloat. But that's going to fall apart. It's already falling apart. It, it, it's falling apart in the form of us not being able to afford anything. Um, even as they try to expand their empire. But, you know, this you know, is... So, Go ahead. You can... One of the things that... The biggest issue that uh, anybody in Congress has, the, the Republicans in Congress, uh, the issue that they have with the debt ceiling, if we don't expand the debt ceiling, if we don't raise the debt ceiling and we end up defaulting on any of the loans that we have, there is a chance that we stop becoming the de facto currency for things like oil. Yep. And that would cripple our economy. Yep. Now I say personally, uh, I know that when I'm in debt, it's a cut back on spending and not incur more debt. Yep. I believe that they would all recommend the exact same thing for me each member of Congress would all say the exact same thing. You're like, oh, you need to cut down on your spending. They don't follow that. No. They don't follow that. And it's because they don't follow that that you are seeing everything start to crumble here. The out-of-control spending that you're seeing in Washington, that is part of the reason that the U.S. 
is going to be losing all of its power. Yep, exactly. And it and it, and it when the U.S. government loses its its dominance, it's not necessarily going to be because of something that China does or another country does. It's going to be because it reaches its point of of anything can simply touch it and it crumbles. I got news for you, everyone. If the U.S. government over the course of 20 years and trillions of dollars and thousands of lives lost ended up replacing the Taliban with a better armed Taliban, they're not going to stop China. But frankly, China isn't going to be able to force Taiwan to uh, by, by invasion. They could do something similar with, with Hong Kong where they say, oh, hey, come join us and you'll get these, this great thing and this great thing and this great thing. And then over time, they replace the carrots with more sticks. But also keep in mind, Hong Kong was in China, in mainland China. It's a lot different than Taiwan, which is off of the coast of China. It's, it's, it's different geographically. It's different politically. It's different in many different ways. Uh, Hong Kong was a part of China. It would be like if, if uh, you know, New York City or L.A., was, uh, you know, a part of another country. And then the U.S., you know, because of a treaty. The other thing was there was a treaty that said that they had to hand over uh, that to, you know. So if there was some treaty that handed New York over to the U.S. or something. And then the U.S. said, well, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, uh, Cuba is kind of like us. Uh, you have to join our country or something like that. It's, it's, it's not a perfect parallel, but it's, it's not the same. Hong Kong is not Taiwan. Uh, or Macau, Hong Kong and Macau were not Taiwan. So, you know, it's very unfortunate that it looks like they're going to try to fall into the same, they're, they're going to grab the poison chalice of empire that the U.S. government did. Um, I'm sure the people in charge will become incredibly powerful and wealthy, and the people of China will suffer uh, immeasurably, immeasurably as a result, as we have, um, and, and they will even more so because uh, they have even fewer freedoms than, uh, uh, or few, less Fewer freedoms and less respect for their rights than we have here. So on that note, on that cheery note, uh, thanks for this watching this incredible, fun, and, and, and uplifting episode of... Uh, well, I guess the silver lining here is you don't have to worry about the Chinese empire because it's going to crumble just like everything else. Uh, but uh, tune in tomorrow for my fellow Americans... And I, uh, my guest, breaking news, I have a guest. My guest, who I confirmed while we were talking, is Carol Roth, who is uh, the author of The War on Small Business, How the Government Used the Pandemic to Crush the Backbone of America. Um, and she is going to, um, and she's going to be my guest uh, tomorrow night at 8. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, lockdowns and mandates and all sorts of stuff. Uh, about how uh, the government has been crushing small businesses, the the greatest transfer of wealth from those with the least to those with the most in human history, uh, with the pandemic as the excuse behind it. Uh, we're going to talk all about that. And I'm super excited because, A, I want to talk with someone who's actually very knowledgeable about that. And, B, I have a guest. <laughs> we, that's, I have guests for, like, the next few weeks, but I just didn't have a guest for tomorrow. So uh, that's my guest for next week. Who is your guest on My Fellow Americans on Thursday? Matt, at 8. On the writer's block? Um, What'd I say? My fellow Americans. Oh, my, um, sorry, the writer's block. I have Anna Johnson, who is with the Libertarian Party of, oddly enough, Washington. Wow. 
That's incredible. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, and then I was speaking with Noel Cajun uh, before the show. Had a good chat with him for like a half an hour before we kicked off here. And um, I don't know if there's going to be an episode of Cajun and Eskimo on Thursday or on Friday. Okay. So uh, okay. tune in. There might He may throw something together. I'm not 100% sure yet. We will all find out together on whether or not there's going to be an episode on Friday of Cajun and Eskimo. And then... This weekend, where are you going to be? So all this weekend, I'm going to be, oddly enough, in Washington State, uh, Matt, uh, who the the Libertarian Party of Washington, which is ironically enough or coincidentally enough, chaired by Anna Johnson, your guest on Thursday. Um, And so uh, on on Friday, I will be in Seattle. I'm doing a mass noncompliance anti-mandate rally at Westlake Park from 7 to 9 local time. Um, then I will be having a ticketed dinner at the Chapel Lounge, a fundraising dinner for the Libertarian Party of Washington. Then I will be doing another rally in Richland, Richland, in the Tri-Cities area of Washington on Saturday, starting at 5 p.m. Um, and then uh, we're doing a, a fundraising dinner at Sterling's Steakhouse in uh, in uh, Richland, right, in Richland? And doesn't say rich i think rich it's in the tri-cities area and then on sunday the 17th we're doing a big event at uh mika valley gunworks it is a uh barbecue it is a lunch barbecue mingle shooting event i'm gonna be able to do a, a shooting competition with me you can have photos taken with me in a bazooka um all sorts of fun stuff and you can bring the kids uh the shooting range obviously you have to be 16 or older in washington to shoot at the at the firing range uh but there's all sorts of other fun stuff for the whole family barbecue uh we're gonna be doing music uh all sorts of really cool stuff so bring out the kids have bring the whole family let's have fun uh and that'll be from noon to five uh local time on sunday uh you can find out about all of these events and i'll put it in the comments uh, by going to lpwa.org slash mass noncompliance. And that has all of the information about all the different individual events um, in Washington that I'll be doing. It is a jam-packed event. Uh, I am going to be doing a lot of stuff in a very short period of time. And uh, so if you go to uh, lpwa.org slash mass noncompliance, you can find out about all the events. Uh, some of them are free. Some of them are ticketed. Uh, but come on out. Come come out to everything. Come join us. We can make a big caravan uh, all, all, caravan all the way across uh, Washington State. Um, so You're not fans. Let me double check here. Yep. Page not oh, found. Oh, uh, ignore that. It's I put too many S's. Hold on. It's LP. Sorry, it's my fault. Mass. Yep, too many. Mass non-compliance. Mass, mass non-compliance. There we go. Let's try that one. That ought to work much better. Yes. LPWA.org slash uh, mass non-compliance has all of the events. Yes, we know the link didn't work. It's, yeah, there was one too many S's. So try the new one. Um, and uh, I'd love to see if you're in or, or near the Washington State area. Then on Monday, join Jason Lyon at... 8 p.m. Eastern for Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. His next guest is going to be Jessica Etheridge, and they are going to talk about the difference between empowering women and feminism or something like that. I thought it was 
the difference between hating kids and not hating kids. Why does everyone think I hate their kids? Like, what? I have no idea. I, have I no like idea, kids. Yeah. Well, that's just because I don't have kids. I like kids. <laughs> like, I. I like kids. I don't hate kids. Kids are great. I was with your kid. They were, I'm with the, your uh, Sarah's kids. They're great. I mean, they're good. They were great. We had a good time. Like they didn't, they, they thought I hated them. Everyone thinks I hate kids. I don't hate kids. I don't hate children. I don't, I don't know. What, so I know where it started from here. Like, I don't know where it started from, but who knows why a four-year-old says the things a four-year-old says. No clue. Right. No no clue why he said it. But I know that's where it started here because he said that to his dad and his dad. I have friends who are kids. I have friends who are kids, Kenneth. I like kids. Kids are fun. I like having hanging out with kids and, and talking with kids. Kids are cool. I don't have any problem with kids. I didn't say you're the power. Look at it. You're the power if you're over the age of 21. I didn't say this. No, because 18 year old. Yeah, yeah Alex Flores, his daughter. We love. I love kids. Kids are great. Yeah, I don't know where uh, Jessica got that from, unless she got it from Sarah, and that's <laughs> just where that started. I have Thanks, no Sarah. clue. The kids talk about you at school. See, I didn't like kids when I was growing up, but I was a kid. Now I love kids because I'm an adult. Now the kids can't hurt me. Well, folks, thanks for tuning into this incredible episode. And then join us right back here next Tuesday. Same money place, same ish money time for another amazing episode of the Money Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events. Like the sweet little chipper little little monkey boys that we are. You're listening to you three three children next weekend. Okay. <laughs> what to to uh to Washington? Next weekend. Oklahoma? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she knew where you she's gonna give you three kids to watch next weekend. Great. <laughs> Good, because I like kids. Fantastic. I can't wait, Sheila. Folks, thanks again for tuning in for this episode. Oh, Matt, if we were able to, of the internet, and someone wanted us on the internet, is that possible? How? How would that, how? It is possible. On top of the myriad, just for Matt Hicks, the myriad of social media sites that we are on, you can also find us at anchor.fm slash muddy waters yes yes the wonderful fantastic anchor.fm anchor.fm you can listen you can listen to our sweet sultry dulcet tones you can listen you can also become a member yeah you can become a member by going to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters slash subscribe where you will get exclusive content. Show the thing again. There we go. 
And you also get a coupon code that will always work at our store. Pay them more. 10% off. Yes. And you will be able to join in on the muddied Zoom. The muddied Zoom starting at, starting on the, starting Second on the, Thursday of November. November 11th. And then moving on from there to December 9th and so forth. Yes, this the second Thursday of every month. You second can talk Thursday. to us, second and it Thursday. will be streamed, so you can share it and show off to all of your friends how you get to talk to us. Yes. November 11th is Eric Brunhammer's birthday. That's fantastic. Happy birthday, Eric Brunhammer. For your birthday, if you go to anchor.fm. He, he already is a subscriber. Oh, okay, well then, happy birthday. Join us on Muddy Zoom. And then you can you can get involved with us on Zoom. And we, we can well wish you a happy, we'll sing a happy birthday song for you. Because it's your birthday. Yes. Yes. Or you can find this in every other episode, thanks to Jason Lyon and his lovely wife, Kelsey, uh, at muddiedwatersmedia.com. Yes. Yes, Jacob, I will not be in Oklahoma City on the 23rd. No. I will this weekend. Going to lose us some fans. Uh, this weekend, I will be at Tom Woods' 2000th episode in orlando florida but he won't be at something with his with his business partner and best friend sorry to bother you with my best friendship wow i date one of your people now i'm growing immune spike um you could be at i'll i guess i'll just be friends with myself that day you could easily have booked tickets to the 2000th episode and been here, but you chose Washington State. No, actually, I chose Oklahoma City to be there for Natalie Bruno, who I wholeheartedly endorse in her run for governor of the state of Oklahoma, who also... Oddly enough, that's my guest next week. Friends, I am shocked. And, and my and my and my and also you but you this is about you feeling bad not me and you should that you didn't want to come to Orlando to hang out with me. No, that you didn't want to come to Oklahoma City to hang out with me. I wasn't invited to Oklahoma. I thought you were. No. Oh. Folks, thanks again for tuning into this episode of my, uh, the Muddy Waters of Freedom. We'll see you tomorrow. And where we're going... We don't need roads. <laughs>